0: Of America's man of the hour and home of America's biggest truck supporters, climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega.
1: Missed you. It is great to be back with you. Um, it was an amazing uh, week last week with all our shows, all our guests, all the amazing topics we addressed and established. Um, there was so much going on. Obviously, so much happened over the weekend. Uh, we've got non stop topics uh, to go over and uh, get addressed today as well. Um, huge show. Uh, but first and foremost, I always want to thank my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and my amazing audience. We are now downloadable in 21 different countries. You can find us on over 50 different platforms online, and it just keeps growing and growing. Uh, Like I said before, uh, such a huge blessing uh, to have all of you guys listening, and I'm so grateful, and it's moving way faster than I ever anticipated. So. That's such a big deal, and uh, always know to the, to the audience that you guys are the reason this keeps going. And uh, obviously, you know, my great special guests and my awesome co-hosts are a big factor as well. Um, let's get down to it, though. Um, much headline news. Uh, we're going to start, obviously, with uh, President Trump uh, ended the government shutdown, and uh, temporarily – And he is giving Congress and the Democrats three weeks until February 15th to make a deal. Otherwise, he's going to shut the government down again or declare a national state of emergency. And what I find fascinating and and absolutely insane is the fact that the left and the Democratic media is trying to say that he caved. What – what? how did he cave if he did reopen the government temporarily for three weeks? It, what he's doing – and I can tell everybody exactly what he's doing here. He knows the Democrats are so against the wall, they're so opposed to his agenda, and they know the wall is his biggest promise and his biggest fulfillment to his supporters. And by giving, by giving Trump this, this wall, they know they are – seriously, over-the-top defeated. So Congress is not going to come up with anything, and Trump is going to make them look foolish and, and make them look, once again, like they don't care about DACA recipients, which they don't, that the Democrats in Congress, you know, and neither does Pelosi and, and Schumer, like they claim. Otherwise, they would have made a deal by now. So you know, there, there, there are so many options, but at the end of the day, Trump is on offense. Because he can declare that state of emergency and build that wall any time he wants. I I think it's probably the last thing he wants to do because he doesn't, you know, want to, you know, take things all the way into his own hands for, you know, because of some controversy, backlash, you know. But you got to do what you got to do if the the people in government are not willing to work with you. Um, I want to play a clip uh, by Lindsey Graham who has been working really close with the president. And I want to tell you guys, I haven't been the biggest Lindsey Graham fan uh, my entire life, but in the last year or so, he's really grown on me, and he's really come together with the president and has really had the president's back, uh, and he's really stepped up to the plate. So uh, i got to give praise and, and respect where it's earned, Lindsey Graham. But uh, here's what he said about uh, Congress you know, coming up with a deal. And, uh, or, you know, uh, this president isn't going to play any games.
2: 1-4. Uh, Senator Graham, you've talked to the president a couple of times. Yesterday he was saying no short-term deal unless there is a down payment on the wall. Right. There is no down payment for the wall. So
3: what is his thinking? The best way to get uh, this thing to conclusion is to open up the government. The bottom line is uh, the TPS recipients who have been here for decades uh, as a result of natural disasters, wars, they're gonna begin to lose their legal status this year. You have DACA folks that are in sort of legal limbo. The president is willing to give 1.1 million people a better life if he can get a secure border. To my Democratic friends, you have voted in the past for wall funding greater than the president's requested. This is the first time in 12 years I've seen a deal where you secure your border and give a better life to the DACA TPS population. If the Democrats do not work with us, The biggest losers, in my view, are going to be the TPS, DACA recipients, because this president will secure our border through executive action.
2: Based on your conversations with him, though, is he leaning toward if there is no progress in three weeks, using his executive authority or just shutting it down again?
3: My belief is this needs to come to an end, that every commander in chief has an obligation obligation to defend the country. How can you look at that border and believe it's not porous? You had a nine-month pregnant woman climb over the wall. A couple of days ago, you had 100 people come over the wall using a ladder. So I think the president is hell-bent on securing our border. He would love to do it through the legislative process. He's willing to give a better life to the TPS, doctor recipients, put humanitarian assistance on, on the table. Here's what I think. Come February the 15th. If the Democrats still say, uh, go to hell on the wall, you get a dollar, that's it. They basically tell Trump, I'm not going to do with you what I did with Bush and Obama, then I hope he will go the emergency route. We don't need to shut the government down. We need to secure the border. And to me, the last best chance to do this win-win is between now and February the 15th.
2: And based on the conversations you've had with your Democratic colleagues, is this, uh, the end of the shutdown, the three-week extension, is that going to push a comprehensive immigration deal? Is there going to be this huge bargain now the day after Valentine's Day?
3: To my Democratic colleagues, I've been working with you for a decade. You voted in 2013 for $42 billion to secure our border, 700 miles of fencing. You've done this in the past. This president is willing to give a better life to the DACA TPS population. The TPS recipients are going to lose their legal status, and this president's willing to work with them if he can get something in return uh, securing our border. As to shutting the government down again, that makes no sense to me. What I want to do is shut down the crime coming across the border. The real danger to this country is a broken border. To my Democratic colleagues, this is the best chance I've seen since 2006 to get a deal that is a win-win for all of us. Take advantage of it. If you don't, by February the 15th, this president has one choice left to do it by himself, do executive action. That's the last option, but it may be the only option if Democrats won't work with us. To Nancy Pelosi, all you've done is say no. Every time he's put an idea on the table, every time he's moved, you just tell him no. All I can say is to my Democratic senators who took the floor yesterday, Eight of you promised to work with this president to do more on wall security, border funding, barrier funding. If you can push your colleagues to where you're at, we'll get a deal good for the country.
2: Last one. If the government quickly reopens today, will there be a State of the Union address in the House chamber with the Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, sitting behind President Trump on Tuesday night?
3: I hope so. The more we can get back to to being normal – the more we can look like a country that has differences, but still united in purpose, the better. It would be good for this country to have the president speak from the House chamber with a speaker over his shoulder, showing that we have differences, but we're also able to work together. To my Democratic colleagues, we've got three weeks to bring about a conclusion to a problem that's been going on for 13 years. To the president, thank you for giving us this opportunity. If you have to go it alone, it will be because you tried everything And nothing worked but going it alone. I'm somewhat optimistic that Democratic senators who spoke yesterday are going to make sure the TPS population does not go into the darkness, that these DACA recipients will have a better life, then go to school, then get in-state tuition legally. And all that, all you got to do is to give the president a few billion dollars more for a barrier you previously voted for. That's all you got to do is to give him the same thing you gave Obama and Bush, and we'll have a deal that uh, that will be good for the country. Please take
2: advantage of this. All right, Senator Lindsey Graham, you heard it here first before anywhere else. Dana, back to you.
4: Peter Ducey, thank you for that enterprising reporting, and thank you, Senator Graham, for being there with us live.
1: So I mean, there you have it. I mean, Lindsey Graham, you know, puts it all into perspective. I mean, you know, he's basically telling it how it is. Yeah, just like I was saying earlier. You know, the last thing the president wants to do is declare a state of emergency. He'd love for everybody to get along, but if he has to take matters into his own hands, that's what's going to happen. And uh, you know, there there's not much the Democrats can do uh once Trump takes things into his own hands. And it's also gonna make the Democrats look really bad. I mean, they already look really bad, but it's gonna it's gonna make them, you know, not as easy to to uh, work with in the future on stuff they want to get done, because uh, we all know Trump's a huge negotiator, and uh, you know he'll me- he'll meet people halfway on certain things if they if they give him a chance, um, you know. But I want to give I want to go to Josh re- real quick. What are your thoughts, Josh, on this whole thing? Yeah, you know,
5: there's a big there's a big problem here from the Democratic side of thinking. The problem is that. They voted for this in the past. That's the. I mean, yeah. Graham brought it up multiple times. It, the yep. it, it is very hypocritical of them going. I mean, it's ve- It's so apparent that they're just doing this to despite yep. Trump. Um, you right. know, and here's the deal. And that's the only reason I, I they're doing.
1: That's the only reason they're absolutely. doing it is because they don't want Trump to get his biggest promise, campaign promise.
5: What? Well, well, you know, I wish they would just come out and say that instead of acting. Uh, you know, instead of talking. Another way. I wish if they would just come out and say it and be honest, at least then, you know, the the stupid people in the country that don't see it would be like, oh, okay, they said it. But I mean, here's the deal. It's really foolish of the Democrats to to push this, especially since if when, when and if Trump wins in 2020, gets another four years, then he's done. And then... Most most likely we'll get a Republican in it that is much more of a moderate type, even if it's someone like a, a Mike Pence or uh, – yeah. I'm trying to think of another Republican. I'm sure there will be a bunch of other Republicans that pop up in 2024, but it's going to be much more right. of a regular Republican. It's not going to be someone like Trump. Right. If they were smart, yeah. they would bide their time, mm. make buddies with the Republicans that are going to be there mm. after the next six years, and then go to work. On, on moving forward their agenda. But, no, the Democrats aren't smart. They don't, they don't want right. to move their agenda forward. They just hate Trump right now, and that's what all this is
1: about. Very well said. Valerie, Valerie, let's go to you. And, and I want to introduce real quick, um, just speaking just now with lobbyist, activist, What's and political strategist Josh Halavate, and I want to introduce my other co-host, Legislative Affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and best-selling author Valerie Greenfeld. Valerie, what are your thoughts on this?
6: Hi, Rory. Um, I'm actually really disappointed with Trump um, because the government was shut down for a month, and there's no solution. There's no resolution to this whole problem. And I feel like you know yes i agree that he's the negotiator but i don't see a deal and i expected more um from him and more from congress i mean i know congress is just like like josh said i agree with him 100% that you know congress is going to do nothing except go on vacation while trump stays here in washington trying to solve the problem You know, they're off on junkets and going to the beach and, you know, having a good old time. Meanwhile, you know, Trump's trying to make a solution here. So the bottom line is I think if he was going to uh, call an emergency, uh, you know, a national emergency, he should have done it by now. Um, Because I do believe that because he didn't get a deal and he gave, you know, he brought Congress back, I think it gives Pelosi and the Democrats – a win, And I hate to say it, but, you know, I just I don't like the way this whole thing was done. I think, you know, I understand he's a good negotiator and he might have something up his sleeve. But at this moment, I think that we're the Democrats are winning. Well,
1: I mean, Valerie, I'll kindly di- I mean, I'm going to kindly disagree with you on this. Um, I really think and I, and I know this for a fact from everything we've seen from Trump. He's always 100 steps ahead of everyone. There's, there's a strategy he has in the back of his mind, and maybe it has something to mm-hmm. do with this, these oncoming amateur people in Congress wants to make them look like fools, and I, there, there's just something there. I, I really think um, you know, he was giving, he's giving them one more chance, because if he goes out there – Why? Three, if he, but I'm telling you, if he goes out there for a third time – and doesn't say state of emergency, then we really have something to worry about. But I think at this point, I think he's he has so many things up his sleeve, and I, and I think this is the balls in his... I think he's on offense 100%, because the Democrats think they just had a huge victory and Trump caved. No, Trump did not cave, because if Trump would have caved, he would have never said, I'm only, I'm only reopening it temporarily for three weeks, and we'll, we'll go from there. So... It just goes to show. I I know it doesn't. Well, it depends how you look at it. But I will tell. I will tell you this. uh, And I think a lot of people are probably thinking this thought. Maybe he needs these extra few weeks to plan this entire thing. I mean, a national emergency. You know, you can't just plan it in two seconds. They're drawing up an entire plan uh, in case this Congress backfires. I I just. I have a really strong feeling. I, Larry,
5: I know. Do you, I, yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you mind if I? I'm going to lay back in on this and value. I'm going to try to answer your question of why here. And as you know, the famous friend of show Dan Perkins, said, I'm going to. I think I'm going to go in a different direction.
3: Um,
7: yes.
5: I, I the one of the reasons I think that Trump hasn't gone with the emergency thing and has has brought this back in for this however many twenty something days.
4: Uh, these three weeks right. restarted the
5: government right. is I think that they they are expecting a legal battle that is going to delay the right. emergency past um you know a, what a government shutdown would do so I, the pro, i i think they don't think i think the Trump administration thinks they cannot win from the i think they're questioning the legality of the emergency of it and i I'm almost a thousand percent positive as soon as they would declare a state of emergency. That a a um, that a judge from California or Oregon or Washington um, mm-hmm. is going to send down an indictment and stop the whole not indictment but to stop exactly. the whole proceedings of pushing forward.
6: Exactly. So this is another reason why Trump is not in the in the best position here. I mean, he gave uh, in, and now he can't do what he said he was going to do. He, has, he doesn't have the border. He's closing the um, government. I mean, this is, this just isn't good. I just I mean, think he, I, he's got to do his promises. Here's my, here's my and maybe he topic. has you know, all talking. kinds of magician tricks up his sleeve, but at this moment we don't see them. So until we see them, I think he's yep. completely in the doghouse.
1: Well, well I do, I do have to introduce my first guest, but I do want to say – we're going to come back to this topic later on in the show, but I want to say before, we, before I introduce my first guest in, in relates to this subject, Trump has not let me down or any of his supporters down uh, at all so far. If he has, it's been maybe once or twice. Uh, he's been very loyal, and he's fulfilled his promises to us. And Trump knows politicians better than they know themselves. I've been saying that for so long on my show, and he's always a 100 steps ahead. So what I think this whole thing that he's doing, he's just exposing the Democrats more and, and proving that they can't work together uh, to figure out a plan for border security, and it's just going to make them look more and more uh, foolish, especially with these newcomers that came in. So Trump, you know, th- there's a plan behind this. And, you know, even Lindsey Graham said, you heard him, there's going to be no choice uh, if they, in three weeks if they haven't came up with an agreement but to declare a state of emergency. So, I mean, you know, I guarantee you, and I can tell everybody this, and, and, I, and if anybody wants to throw wagers down, go ahead, bet. If there's no agreement in three weeks, Trump's shutting, shutting down the government until there is one. Or he's declaring a state of emergency. If any Republican or true conservative thinks that Trump's going to cave in three weeks again, then you guys are insane. You guys, you don't know Donald Trump. Then, because there's no way this guy does not get walked on. He
6: he, he does not. Well, allow, I he think runs he's being walked on right now because okay. What well, you, in three weeks, well, his his three is, weeks was his plan four weeks ago. It's the same plan. Well, Time's gone by and nothing's changed.
1: Well, he's working on about 100 different things a day for his, for his supporters. So, I mean, it's, you know, he has a lot on, on his shoulders. So, you know, getting, getting his biggest promise, uh, you know, this is going to be huge. Uh, and in a few weeks, that wall gets built either through a deal made through Congress or Trump declares a state of emergency. I'll promise I'll take any amount of bets anybody wants that the government either, either stays shut down until the wall's built, or he declares a state of emergency. That, that gov- and if he does decide to shut the government down, it will not reopen until they make a deal. Because you know what? The Democrats think they won this one, and they, they called his bluff. But wait till they see what happens in a few weeks. Um, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, 30 seconds, and then we are going to introduce my first guest.
6: Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at skyraisesecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes, or call 240-888-0682.
1: All righty. We are back. We have a huge show tonight, a lot of guests coming on. I want to welcome our first guest, successful businessman, public speaker, and CEO of HotelPlanner.com, Tim Henschel, is that how I pronounce it?
8: Yes, Henschel's great. Yep. Hey Tim, how are you? I was saying your pronunciation is great. I wasn't just saying my last name is great. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, So, man, welcome to the show. It's your first time on the show. Um, You know, when when my guests, when I get first-time guests, I usually like to have them kind of explain their background, how it all started. You know, where 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 it. where it all happened, you know, the good stuff, you know, uh, where you got to where you are today.
8: Yeah, sure. So, you know, my family's been in the hotel hospitality business for multiple generations and uh, you know, I, I grew up with it. And then when I graduated from Cornell uh, from the hotel school, I saw that there was a need to do groups and events uh, through an online platform. So me and a, a business partner, Started hotelplanner.com dot com back in two thousand and three, uh, and we've grown to now do three thousand groups a day globally, and uh, for most of the major travel companies online, uh, we're the platform that they go to to get their their best group rates. And uh, of course, our direct to consumer site is uh, is Hotel Planner. Oh wow, and the, very very impressive. So. You know, Hotel Planner, uh, if
1: I'm not mistaken, it is. Aren't you guys the leading resource for uh, reservations and, and booking and, and all that stuff right now? Aren't you guys right up there?
8: Yeah, no, we, we are. We'll do, you know, over a million groups. And, uh, you know, those are corporate groups, uh, special events, and uh, weddings, reunions, uh, yeah. you know, any type of groups, and, and then major conferences, Comic Con. Uh, you know electric daisy carnival super bowl f1 olympics uh those are the kind of events that we'll organize and then make the the special rates for hotel bookings available to the general public either directly through the portal of the of the event or through our website or both
1: very very cool stuff very cool stuff and you know you have um the the article that you're you're um the headline that you're promoting at this point is the Super Bowl coming up this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, obviously, you have a lot of stuff you guys are offering and uh, promoting. Um, yeah, give, it, give us a little detail on that.
8: Yeah, so we've been working, um, you know, with a lot of NFL teams because we actually do their team travel and we've sponsored quite a few. The Rams are, are one of our, our close you know, team sponsor partners, and we this weekend have an ultimate football uh, pack where we're going to get four people the uh, opportunity to take a private jet from anywhere in the world to Atlanta. And uh, Todd English is going to be catering uh, their meals. They're going to get a uh, signed helmet for the game. They're going to also get a tailgate uh, uh, um, party that's going to be uh catered by todd as well as uh invited to all the vip parties 50 yard line tickets so they'll be at the sports illustrated uh party the maxim party uh the rolling stones party and i i almost feel like i'm leaving something off but uh maybe i've mentioned everything (laughs) it's uh it, it it's all of that and then more. I mean, mainly you have to reach out. There is a small price tag to that, that package, uh, just a half a million dollars. But uh, if somebody's, you know, got that cash sitting around, it's definitely worth it. I can tell you that the hard cost in this package is built into that price. So there's no major markup on that at all. Uh, but if they want, you know, a bucket list kind of once-in-a-lifetime experience, uh, this would be it. But that's, you know, that's our top of the line. We have packages uh, to go to the Super Bowl for a flight plus a uh, hotel and tickets. They would be upper tickets for as little as $10,000. And uh, mm-hmm. if you just want to, you know, take a room out for Saturday and Sunday night, there, we've got three stars that are just a few miles away from the stadium for as little as $600 right now. Wow, yeah. and, and we all That's know not per night, is... by the way. That's for two nights. It's $300 okay, a night. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: and we all know every year the Super Bowl is always, you know, one of the most popular events uh, watched by, you know, the audience, like our entire country. And, uh, you know, just everything leading up to it. I mean, there, there's so much uh, different things. Um, how, what, what is the secure, I mean, what's the security situation? Are you guys all over that as well, you know, considering everything that's going on?
8: Uh, well, you know, we don't actually specialize in uh, the security, but standard of care we do. So right. we do uh, have a GSA contract, and we work quite a bit with mm-hmm. uh, military groups and, and high security groups, political groups. Uh, so when it comes to choosing the right hotels, we we do a security check and make sure that all of that that's appropriate. But as for the the Super Bowl, I mean, they have, they have great security. I mean, obviously the best in the world. But, yeah, that's that's not our specialty. But we'll make sure that everybody gets there safe, gets home safe.
1: Absolutely. Very, very good. Very good. Um, you did, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. I want to – so, you know, you, you, you brought this – when when did you launch this company?
8: Uh, so it was 16 years ago.
1: Wow. And, and you guys have been you, – you've been doing this 16 years.
8: Yeah, and it's – uh it's a privately owned business and we've, uh, grown, you know, organically every year. Uh, we actually did have angel funding, but we bought those shareholders out, uh, six years ago and gave that equity to our employees. So great. we are like a cooperative now and, uh, just great. have a really great, you know, atmosphere. And we try to give as much back to the community as possible. A lot of charity work, uh, it's a lot of, You know, benefits for the employees in the community is what we work for. How many different markets are you in at this point? We're global. So I actually reside out of our London office. Quarters is in Palm Beach, and we have a Vegas office, Hong Kong office, Amsterdam office, and uh, we're opening up a Singapore office uh, in August of this year.
1: Wow, you guys are all over the place. Very good, very good. And, you know, you guys are well-connected. Josh, go ahead.
5: It, you know, being an expert in the the hotel industry like you are, how how did Airbnb kind of take a hit out of the hotel industry? I know it probably doesn't
8: affect you guys as as much, but just the general industry. Well, yeah, actually, it's a it is an interesting question. There's, you know, some forces in the industry. There's a a, a lobbyist group called AHLA, and it's American Hotel Lodging <laughs> Association, and you know they have raised up some concerns that airbnb is not you know playing on a level playing field with hotels because hotels as you mentioned before they have a lot of costs built into making sure you have the right security uh you pay the right um insurance and of course the zoning and everything else so there is uh, there's extra taxes as some people know too to staying at a hotel and that helps you know keep certain functions for the city that that helps keep the uh, know the the city growing so hotels contribute quite a bit so ahla's you know big issue is that airbnb is kind of not paying their fair share um but you know and from our perspective which is as a company that's always looking to get a, a customer a really good deal we like airbnb because it adds competition to the market uh so if we can't find because of a big event like the Super Bowl, and we can't find the right price point for a customer. Then, looking at you know home away or Airbnb for an alternative accommodation, if the customer's interested in that kind of a stay, it's just more consumer choice, and I, I we feel that's a good thing. So I'm sure they'll work out the differences of figuring out where the balance is between you know paying the same taxes and insurance, and you know have to. Develop the same security that hotels do, so that Airbnb's are level playing field. So I think it's a win-win once they get everything figured out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, you know did, it,
5: it, if,
7: go ahead.
5: If you don't mind, Roy, I got another one. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, how did you kind of decide to go? Because there's, I mean, a lot of people would have just opened up a hotel, you know, in your position if they wanted to start a business like this. Why did you decide to go with? did you just see an opening in the internet sphere? And now obviously you guys have, you know, an app and stuff, but how did you make that, how did you make that decision to go that way instead of doing something like just opening up a hotel or multiple hotels?
8: So when I graduated in, in 01, the internet was, was really beginning to take off. And my family was a, a, in the hotel development space. My grandfather Own some hotels uh, in Palm Springs. My father developed some hotels in in Hawaii and in California. So, you know, I I grew up knowing the hotel side of it, and I always liked that, but but the excitement of what was the Internet when I was graduating just made me gravitate towards that side of the business. So when I saw that there was nobody, you know, fulfilling the function of an event, uh, group, booking, uh, platform online, we decided to, you know, fulfill that, that niche and never really look back. And because, you know, technology has been evolving so quickly, we're always busy doing something else. You brought up the app. Uh, yes, we have a great app. And now we're working on voice recognition to hopefully allow somebody uh, soon to be able to say, book me in the Johnson Smith, you know, wedding block to their Alexa or their Google home. And it'll automatically know from your account that who you are and a uh, you know, attribute you to the right group and then put you right into the reservation system of that hotel that that uh, wedding has chosen to put their guests into. So that's all you would have to do is just say, Alexa, add me to the Johnson Smith wedding block and you're go to the hotel, just show your ID and your credit card and you're good to go. So that's the kind of next gen stuff we're working on right now. And it keeps us busy. So you know, it's always something kind of te- uh, interesting in technology. So we just like to just stay in the space.
9: Very,
1: very good. Uh, b- before, I let you, before I let you run, um, uh, Valerie, uh, you, have any, you have any questions?
6: Yeah, actually, it's interesting. I was listening to what you were saying about Airbnb. And I wanted to add, you know, there's all this politics going on with some of this. Uh, Airbnb issue. Um, I mean, I'm assuming as a businessman, this is something you want to stay away from. Um, but how do you handle political stuff when it comes into your business? Um, do you know what I'm referring to with Airbnb? Is it, that they some people are boycotting them because they don't, they not about they won't um, operate in Israel on behalf of the Palestinian territories. So, I mean, not that specific issue itself, but just politics in general. How do you how do you maintain your stance away from it?
8: Well, you know what I was taught in business school was always that your company is its own entity, and so as its own entity, it doesn't have a political agenda. So, it, it, I personally like to to uh, keep any politics that I would have, or anybody on our executive board's politics uh, at home, so it doesn't really come into the boardroom. We represent the business and what's in the business's best interest. So, as a non political entity, we just try to stay out of anything political as much as possible. And it seems like sometimes it, it will find you, uh, and then it's just a matter of us finding the best compromise we can uh to you know i guess do the least amount of harm uh and the most amount of good of it and that's Mm -hmm. just a simple rule that we want to try to follow but yeah i know it's it's challenging times you know and it seems like there's more and more political uh, companies that are almost using their company as a platform for activism and, yeah. you know, each company's different and each company has a different mission statement. That, that's not our, ours. I mean, I, I'm, I think we have enough challenges just to work on making sure our technology is always perfect. Every guest has an amazing time. Uh, you know, everybody's getting a great deal. So mm. there's just enough on our plate right now to make our product the best that it can. So we obviously just avoid any distractions. And for us, politics is, is a distraction. Mm-hmm.
6: So, real quick, um, with because your your business is online, do you have any um, issues with cybersecurity or any worries about you know contaminating your 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 customers' privacy?
8: I mean, it's always a worry for for us. And you, people who you know our space, uh, you know, there was just the biggest data breach in history it just happened recently uh, to. You know, a very, very, very large company in our space. Uh, you know, data breach of uh, in the hundreds of millions of customers. And uh, we work really hard uh, to, to make sure we have the best security. Obviously, we have outside security uh, audit for uh, companies that come in and audit us to make sure that we're using the best protocol possible. I think one of the things that we're really lucky on is that we keep all of our engineers in our headquarters. So we never outsource anything and we're, we're a very tight shop. So, you know, I think we've, we've benefited from, from, from being, you know, uh, in one location with all, uh, our engineers working out of the same office and being very close, uh, together on the same code. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I think one of the best most secure systems that's out there, of course, uh, as the CEO and, and, uh, founder of the company i could be a little biased (laughs) so i'll put that out there (laughs) but you know i have to say it's 16 years and we've never had a problem so i think the record kind of uh, speaks for itself but i i'm definitely not saying that as a dare for anybody who's out there is like can we take (laughs) on hotel planner you're probably much (laughs) more sophisticated than i even know so please don't take it as a dare i i just you know really hope that people appreciate what we do and Yeah, for safety, that's one of our number one concerns.
6: So if you ever need an assessment, my company does um, cyber assessments for vulnerabilities, um, and I can give you that information after the show if it's something you're interested in. Um, That's one, like you said, is one of the biggest um, problems with privacy and information online. And then you've got also the physical issue with your – so the hotel itself, you – you book people, but you don't own the hotel, per se. That's for other pe- members of your family. That, did I understand right, correctly? Right,
8: right. Yes, so you don't have to so, worry
6: about the physical security at all then.
8: Well, no, we have to make sure that standard of care says that our, our guest is secure. And we, we do quite a bit in, in that space to make sure that the hotel is appropriate for the type of group that we're right. booking there. Um, right. You know, yeah, the family owns hotels and it would be kind of a conflict of interest as if we owned our own hotels because, you know, our mission first is to get the deal. So we wouldn't want to, you know, have a conflict of interest where we would own the hotel and want them to pay the client to pay a higher price, you know. So being that we're always listening to get a lower price, we would own that. But we are a buyer of hotels, so we pre-buy quite a bit of rooms uh, to get the best price, you know, buy them far in advance and, and give the owner, you know, some cash And for them gets us uh, the lower price than what you would typically earn, And then we can turn around and sell that at a discount. Uh, we call mm-hmm. that a wholesale model. And uh, we do that for quite a few of our groups to get them, you know, extra special savings for what we call an instant group rate. And uh, about 15% of our groups buy into those now. And they're a lot faster because you don't have to, manually block the space. Uh, groups don't have to do a deposit and they don't um, have to worry about attrition penalties. They basically set up a, a um, mini event site and then they send out the special deal and each member just books into it uh, that special rate whenever they're ready to reserve their room. But the group coordinator will still get all the same benefits and points and free room rewards without having to do a a contract that would require them to do a deposit or have any, and I use the word attrition, which is an industry jargon, but for certain contracts, if you don't pick up a certain amount of rooms in your block, the group coordinator could have to pay the difference of what uh, they guaranteed to the hotel and what. So instant group rates where the company, my company pre-buys those rooms uh, eliminates that risk from any group coordinator. Hmm. very very well Thank said. Thank you. Interesting. Very, yeah. Very very
1: well said and and you know why Tim I really appreciate and uh the you know the way you practice practice business ethics and you know put uh you know leave the pol- you leave the politics out of it because you're absolutely right. You know, too many people use their business for for an activist platform. So I mean it's it's a little you know out, outrageous. Uh but t- but Tim before you go Uh, please uh, tell everybody where they can find you and tell everybody the Super Bowl specials you have this weekend uh, for everybody listening, uh, all that good stuff.
8: Sure. So we're hotelplanner.com, and right on the homepage when you get there, there's uh, a big picture of a person catching a football in the end zone, and that image is clickable, which would take you to the special uh, package and discounted uh, hotel rates for the Super Bowl. So right on the homepage of Hotel Planner. Right, and uh, I want to thank you again, man, for being here.
1: Uh, the CEO of Hotel Planner, uh, Tim Henschel, uh, you've been a fantastic guest, um, and I wish you uh, so much luck in the near future. And, uh, you know, you and I will talk. I'll, I'll definitely have you back. Uh, you, you've been a great guest, so thank you. Thank you. Have a great, great night. Thanks. Bye. You too, man. Take care.
0: We're going to go to a
1: 50-second commercial, and we'll be right back, everybody, with our next guest.
10: Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the -the behind-the-scenes production. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production.
1: All right, and we are back. Uh, We have some amazing guests on the line, and everybody, we are just getting started. We have a long night. It's going to be a very exciting show ahead. Um, First of all, I want to introduce attorney, lobbyist, Democratic state senator in Louisiana, and author of the new best-selling fantastic book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boyd for the New World Order, John Milkovich. How are you, sir?
11: Rory, I need to be on your show more often. I didn't know my book was a bestseller, but, you know, I'm going to take your word for it. And listen, if I'm on well, your show, I know it's, I know. it will be.
1: <laughs> yeah, every, a lot of people are talking about it, including uh, our
11: friend Arpaio.
1: A lot of people are talking about it.
11: Well, good. I'll tell you what. You yes. between you and Joe, I think you ought to be able to shake him up in Washington.
1: <laughs> God, I wish you had I, of I homeland actually, security right now.
11: Well, that hey, that's a great idea too. I sent Joe a, a donation, a contribution to support his run for U.S. Senate, and um, I just you know I, I feel like I, you know him better than I do, but I just feel like he's willing to take on the system and shake it up.
1: Oh yeah, and, and you know what? The guy,
11: the guy's 86
1: years old, and he has the same energy level as me. I mean, the guy still works 14 hours, 16 hours a day. I mean, the guy is a workhorse. Rory,
11: you
7: haven't slept in
11: three weeks. So, I mean, between the two of you, <laughs> that's the President from me, Rory and Joe.
7: <laughs> um,
1: well, it's, it's, great, it's great to have you here. I also want to introduce economist, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, LiveZet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. Dr. Michael Bustler, how are you, sir?
12: I'm doing well, Rory. It's always my pleasure to be here. Looking forward to uh, some good talk tonight.
1: Excellent. And I also want to introduce uh, popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter, Will Johnson. How are you, my friend?
13: For me. it's an honor to be here with so many awesome people.
1: Excellent. So, you guys, so I I was talking about earlier, obviously, um, you know, Trump reopening the government. I want to get to that in a second. But first, I want to play this clip uh, of Roger Stone talking to Hannity last night, explaining, you know, that they are Mueller is maliciously after him, you know we, we know they have nothing on collusion, but these are other kind of supposed crimes uh, and we we hear Roger Stone saying uh he's not, he's not going to lie uh, for the you know about the president just to get a reduced or sen- reduced sentence. he's going to fight this thing all the way through, and uh it's it's remarkable. That Trump has this kind of loyalty uh, of a friendship with Roger Stone, and, and Roger Stone is standing by his side. But but let me let me say this real quick. That whole FBI raid on Roger Stone's house. I mean that the, the guy's not Bin Laden. The guy's not El Chapo. I mean the guy is not a murderer. He's not a rapist. Uh, a simple call to his attorney saying show up in court would have been would have been very simple and easy to do. Roger Stone. Loves the limelight. He's always in front of the TV. He's got nothing to hide. Uh, so it just, it, this was something, and every, and everybody will probably agree with me on this, for the liberal audience to sit back and eat their popcorn over. And we also got to figure out the fact, how did CNN know this was happening? How, how, why was CNN at the scene as it was happening? Hey, Rory, I, I can that, tell you why.
11: Sorry. Rory, this is John. That's yeah. technically impossible for CNN to know about it in advance because we yep. all know that Robert Mueller never leaks. I mean, that's, you know, that's the end right. of that story right well, there. It, it <laughs> had to have been somebody inside,
1: inside his campaign talking to CNN or CNN is involved with this whole scandalous fake Russia hoax. Because if, and if, that, if, that if CNN
11: – like Hey, Rory, that sounds to me like Robert Mueller, CNN – collusion
1: Yes yeah? oh absolutely and let, let's play this Roger Stone clip real quick uh, one five
9: to storm my house with a greater uh, force than was used to take down bin Laden or El Chapo or, or Pablo Escobar to terrorize my wife and my and my dogs uh, is it's unconscionable. I would have been more than happy uh, they knew I was represented. HAD THEY CONTACTED MY ATTORNEYS, I WOULD HAVE VOLUNTARILY TURNED MYSELF IN. I WOULD HAVE BEEN ABLE TO WEAR A SUIT AND TIE FOR MY MUG SHOT, IT WOULD HAVE LOOKED A LOT BETTER.
4: <laughs> ROGER ALWAYS CARING ABOUT FASHION, IF YOU READ ROGER'S RULES. Uh, ROGER STONE THIS MORNING BLASTING THE TREATMENT HE RECEIVED FROM THE FBI, HEAVILY ARMED OFFICERS, 27 OF THEM, 17 VEHICLES, PRE-DAWN RAID, GUNS DRAWN ON HIS HOUSE AMID line of CONGRESS, THE MULLER INVESTIGATION. Meanwhile, Stone is expected to be arraigned tomorrow in D.C. on seven counts, including lying to Congress. Joining us now is Reaction, author of the book The Myth of Russia Collusion, the inside story of how Donald Trump really won Republican strategist Roger Stone. Um, Let's get into the pre-dawn raid, and all the people that we mentioned in the last segment that we know lied to Congress, it doesn't happen to them. Hillary got a pass by a guy that interviewed her that said, He wanted her to win $100 million to zero. Um, What do you make that this only happens to you, Manafort, and Combe, but none of these other people that lied to Congress? And not saying that you did, by the way.
9: Uh, No, Sean, it's extraordinary. Uh, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, McCabe, and Hillary themselves all lied. In their case, they lied about material, consequential things. To the extent that I made errors of memory in my four-and-a-half-hours voluntary testimony they're inconsequential Uh, this is this indictment is thinner you can watch CNN they'll tell you it's a slam dunk my attorneys don't think so Uh, but uh, I'm targeted here because they want to silence me I mean I'm 66 years old I support the Second Amendment but I don't own a firearm I don't have a valid passport I'm not a flight risk The the court gave me essentially released me on bond on my signature proving I'm not a flight risk uh, I can't swim, even though they had two amphibious <laughs> units pulled up to the canal behind my house. They completely surrounded my house you really can't with assault swim. weapons. Uh, I, I really can't. Wow. Uh, assault weapons pointed uh, at my at my uh, 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 you know at my at my chest. I opened the door, looking down the barrel of two assault weapons. Uh, I am uh, wearing a Roger Stone did nothing wrong T-shirt and a pair of gym shorts. I'm barefooted. <laughs> They handcuffed me, walked me out the street. I'm concerned because my wife is hearing impaired. She's virtually deaf without her hearing aids. She hadn't awoken. I was afraid that they would think she wasn't complying with an order and shoot her. Uh, uh, you know, and the idea that they had to do this because they were worried that I would tamper or destroy evidence is absurd. I've been under investigation for two years. Why would I wait till Thursday? By the way, I've, I've destroyed no evidence whatsoever, and I'm charged with non-violent process, process. crimes. Well, here we
4: go again. N- no That's conspiracy. The point here. N- exactly. Um, but, it raises a lot of questions beyond the double standard. Too raises questions about the tactics. But if we have a dual justice system in this country, say goodbye to the country, and I'm serious, this, this should be nonpartisan. That for something like this, if there's no Mueller investigation, there's no jeopardy at all for anybody. And then you have to think of what Judge Ellis said. Are they putting the screws to you so you sing or compose and say what they want so that you don't spend or risk spending the rest of your life in prison?
9: Well, I think a great, to a great deal, this is meant to silence me. I mean, my radio show at Infowars.com and our program is heavily censored. It's very hard for me to get the opportunity to defend myself. When I came out of the courthouse, I was being shouted down. I couldn't even make a statement. Uh, this is a, a not only effort to silence me because I support Donald Trump, and I've been a critic of the Mueller investigation, and I think Donald Trump is making America great again. Uh, he's my friend of 40 years. I have great affection for him and his family. I am not going to testify against him because I possess no negative information. Uh, there is no Russian collusion. This is a witch hunt.
4: Now wait, a but a minute. I also wasn't think- everybody after the the first WikiLeaks dump? Wasn't everybody trying to find out? Was, WikiLeaks has a history of never being wrong, whether you like them or not. They've never been wrong. Um, and the fact, everybody was speculating. <clears throat> And with all due respect, in one of your emails that's even mentioned in the indictment, your speculation that whatever's coming next is about the Clinton Foundation, you were wrong, which kind of proves that you were fishing and digging and trying to find out what might they have. Let's find out what they have. You did not steal anything. You did not conspire to steal anything. And the Pentagon Papers case, my reading of it is very clear. By the way, the New York Times published WikiLeaks, as did all these other publications, is that as long as you don't conspire to steal, you can print, you can go with stolen material of somebody else, correct?
9: Yeah, yes, they're trying to criminalize legitimate political inquiry. They're trying to they're trying to criminalize free speech, which is really what's this about? This is about. Look, I honestly believe that they are going to try to charge the president and the vice president with some hooked up frame of Russian collusion. That way they could make Nancy Pelosi president, she could make Hillary Clinton vice president, and then step aside. It's a nightmare. But I think that's what they have in mind. There is no Russian collusion. Uh, I had no collaboration with WikiLeaks. I'm not charged with conspiracy. Believe me, if they could have made that case, they would have. But they they want to silence me because I will stand up for Donald Trump. That's what this is really about.
4: You have been, you proudly say you, you operate in political dark arts, meaning... You also purposely try to mess with people's heads. Is that a fair characterization? Well, Sean, in Any your I
9: I got a tip, a legitimate tip that told me that the WikiLeaks disclosures were significant and that they would come in October. I hyped that tip. Relentlessly, to drive voter attention and media attention to the ultimate disclosures, because I was told they were a bombshell. that doesn 't mean I knew what was in them that 's called politics it 's legal. No, That's by the what way, I you were
4: wrong on one of them. You mention of Podesta. you were talking specifically about one Podesta, were you not? and
9: no, I was actu- with the was Ukraine, talking- correct No, I was talking about both Podesta brothers. Because uh, on uh, July 31st, Peter Schweitzer wrote a devastating monograph called From Russia with Money about John and Tony making millions from the oligarchs around Putin in aluminum, in uranium, in gas, in banking. And then on the 14th of August... Breitbart published another story by uh by Schweitzer tying Tony Podesta to the same Ukrainian political party as the, as Paul Manafort. so I said the Podesta's time in the barrel would come. What I was saying was I intended to get that information on a background basis to a number of reporters any other uh narrative about what happened there. Uh, it is false, and there was no controversy about my tweet for six weeks uh, until uh, it is <laughs> alleged uh, that Stone was foreshadowing Podesta's emails being stolen. Let me be clear I never knew the source or the content of any allegedly hacked or allegedly stolen emails. That is a lie.
4: You know, Alan Dershowitz said it well, and I think there's evident in all of the 621 days we're criminalizing political differences. We've got a dual justice system. That is a clear and present danger to this democratic republic. Uh, I'm sure it's not a fun time for you and your family. This shouldn't have happened in a lot of levels. Where's the collusion? There is none. None. All right, Roger,
1: thank you. So there you have it, guys. Um, You know, first of all, Will Johnson, you know, you're doing so much activism stuff, and you're always out in the community making a difference. You know, you were were one of the first black Trump supporters. You're also friends with Roger Stone. Um, You know, speak on this issue a little bit. I know you've uh, you've obviously been
13: studying this like crazy and following it the last couple days. The first thing that I noticed was how did CNN get exclusive footage? How did CNN and that's get exactly what off? I
1: was saying before the video started. How did CNN get there? Yeah, exactly.
13: You know, watching it because I'll watch CNN just to see how hateful they are and all the lies and, and how much fake news they're putting out. I mean, you can get you can get a lot of material just watching CNN and then you the rest of. Them. But anyway, I'm sitting there watching CNN as they're as they're showing this, and I'm like, wait a minute. how are the cameras there doing this raid? And they come to find out they were there an hour before the raid even started. And just like the gentleman was saying earlier, you know, Mueller doesn't leak anything. So how did CNN get wind of it? And how come CNN is still able to function when they're working directly with the FBI like this? How come Mueller is not brought up on charges? I'm completely baffled by that. Yeah, uh, you're t- you're telling t- can me. Can someone? I, can someone? Let me say okay. this too. Can someone tell me if the FBI came to your door? Would you, credible law agency in America? Because I don't. I,
1: I here's the problem. The FBI, we can't. Like, if you look at all these years and all the buildup of the corruption. And the, 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 the negative and, and terrible people that have been involved with that agency, it's like Trump classifies it as, a swamp. It's a dirty swamp. We Yes, the FBI, you know, takes care of a lot of the bad guys, but they are also the bad guys as well in, in certain situations. So it, it's never 100%... Uh, you know honesty with these people, which is why Trump is always, you know, trying to uh, tell us that, that the FBI is totally is corrupt in a lot of ways, and <clears throat> and Trump is figuring out all this stuff in the white, you know, being president. I mean, you learn all these different secrets and all these different things that you didn't know beforehand, and you know Trump even knows it's a huge mess. Uh, but you know Senator Milkovich, you wrote a book about doc uh, you wrote a book about Robert Mueller uh, you know and how he's the errand boy for the New World Order I, this must blow your mind uh, the rating of um, ro- um, um, God Roger Stone's house
11: well and, and that I think you pointed out that no it doesn't this is totally uh, Robert Mueller's method intimidation violation of the law uh, Really shattering uh, constitutional expectations, uh, trying to intimidate the, De- you know, he's a bully in Brooks Brothers' clothes. Um, and, you know, he's just a heavy handed um, thug with a law degree. And, you know, we, of course, I understand I'm throwing away, throwing around some heavy adjectives, but when you talk about how he ignored, saw something and did nothing when Y.D. Bulger was. Not, not only Whitey Bulger was killing people, but the FBI right. was helping Whitey Bulger kill people. And yeah. covers up Pan Am, 270 people, lives lost, and he lets the terrorists <clears throat> that committed the crime off scot-free and uh, scapegoats, two Libyan intelligence officers, had nothing to do with it.
13: BCCI
11: covers up for the billionaire big boys that are financing drug trafficking, terrorism, and illegal arms sales, um, covers up 9-11 tells the Congress that we need a surveillance state so that the government is now spying on every digital and telephonic conversation. Say hi to the mm-hmm. feds because this conversation is being tape recorded. Um, his yeah. career, his track record is nothing but treachery, and I'm at the oh, point yeah. – uh, I'm, I'm, uh, if he says that Roger Stone did something wrong, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Is it theoretically uh, possible that he would say something true? It's theoretically possible, but he has zero right. credibility when you look at
1: right. his career.
11: And, and you look at Robert Mueller,
1: you look at how – this is this is the left narrative of Robert Mueller. Oh, he's a Republican. He's a war hero. Oh, he's this great patriot guy. You know, to say he's a Republican is like saying O.J. Simpson – is a saint. Uh, Robert Mueller is the farthest thing from a Republican. He, he's as rhino as it gets. I don't even know if you call him a rhino. I just think you call Robert Mueller evil. And um, you, and, but, and listen, and
11: that's, you know, that's I mean, great, go ahead. Yeah, Rory, this is John Sorry. Milkovich. That is a, a great point. The amazing thing about this is that until uh, Robert Mueller was uh, assigned the duty of taking out the President of the United States, he was very heavily criticized and by mostly people who would ident- probably self-identify themselves as as leaning liberal or left, whatever you want to call it. He was roundly yes. criticized by people that were uh, not hardcore conservatives for Pan Am, for um, the Whitey Bulger situation, for yes. the surveillance state, for the 9-11 cover-up. He's actually yes. – uh, this is the irony. He's been criticized by people on both the left and right as being a mm. fabricator and being a manipulator and being someone who mm. will rig judicial proceedings.
0: Right. It, it's
1: disgraceful. Dr. Bussler, I want to go to your thoughts because you've been following <clears throat> this Roger Stone situation closely. What are your thoughts on yeah. all this, man?
12: <clears throat> well, um, I pretty much agree with uh, everything that's that's been said here. Um, it's obvious from, from the start uh, that the whole Mueller investigation uh, was really a, a, a sham. Um, the Democrats, literally the day after President Trump was sworn in, into office, uh, have done everything they possibly can uh, to get him out of, out of office. Uh, they've never, even to this day, they still haven't gotten over the fact that uh, Hillary lost the election um, and, you know, there was something very interesting. Uh, I don't know if you caught it um, on The the View uh, a day or two ago. Whoopi Goldberg made a comment about how BuzzFeed was very quick to come out with um, some news that turned out to be wrong. Um, and they had to backtrack. Um, and it, it was asked to Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Whoopi asked, uh, geez, why why is it that they uh, the media jumped to conclusions like this? And Joy Behar answered, and this is really the <clears throat> the basis for everything. She answered, we're so desperate to get Trump out of office. And because of that, um, these uh, news outlets publish things that they know aren't true because they, too, they just want get, to get Trump out of office. And that's really what this whole thing is about. As everybody has said here, there's no co- collusion on Trump's part I think we're pretty much over the obstruction of justice thing. Um we're probably over any uh, illegal campaign uh contributions yes. that Trump uh, might have made. So I think we're past all that. Um yes. and it's really uh, as uh, acting attorney general Whitaker said the other day it looks to him like yes. um Mueller's pretty much right. done with this and should 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 wrap right. it up. Um
1: and that, and that, the thing is did, he did, that, yeah. He, so, did, only bit. he did he did he did yeah, he did say that, but um we've heard that before. You know, but continue yeah, though. I mean, we've heard before, that. but I'm just I hope it's, I hope it's, you know, real that uh that it's actually coming to an end.
12: Well, well, the only thing is now he has these charges against Stone, and Stone is going to fight them. Uh they're filed in the District Court in uh, Washington D.C. It's my understanding that they're so busy uh that this uh Stone's trial may take a year before it, it uh, is actually heard. So I don't know what the status of uh, Mueller's investigation is and whether uh, the fact that Stone is still in litigation with him, uh, whether that's going to drag Stone out a little further. So I agree with you. We have heard this before, um, and it's, it's still going on, the Mueller investigation, uh, for, for, for the um, welfare of the country. Uh, we really need to wrap this thing up. No matter what Stone has, uh, what Mueller rather has to say, and it doesn't appear it's anything really substantial. But whatever he has to say, let him say it already. And uh, you know, let's get over this thing and uh, move the country forward. This is just a a terrible black eye uh, for American democracy.
1: I will I will sure. say this. I will, I will say this. The Democrats have made fool, a, a complete fool out of themselves. I mean, they're burying their own party in the ground with people like Cortez. Just let her keep talking. But, you know, I'm just talking about the whole yeah. Democratic Party in general. You know, if, if the whole Democrats had it their way, they'd want this investigation to go into 2020. But sure. if you really look at this investigation, let, let's say this investigation – does go into 2020 uh, when the presidential election uh, for you know Trump for Trump's reelection and the investigation still going on. I think by that time, I mean seriously, they haven't found anything and people are still paying attention to this story. I mean, yeah, the American people have to, you know, uh, there's something that has to be done if they keep dragging on this yeah. investigation. There's nothing there. I mean, what is the and, alternative? And
7: well, the the, the
11: the tide is turning in public opinion. I really believe that, uh, Rory. And, I, by the way, I want to thank Will Johnson and, and Dr. – is it Dr. Bessler? Am I pronouncing your Bestler. name? Bessler,
7: Bessler, yeah.
11: Bessler, I'm sorry. Like, you're busting them. I like it. Yeah. Um, you're busting <laughs> them, And I, I think, you know, the longer it goes on, the less credibility it has. And it's really interesting, the longer it goes on and the less evidence that they uh, turn up, the louder the mainstream media screams that it's picking up steam, and people are saying, well, "Okay, picking up steam. Uh, where is the fire? Where's the water? Where's the you know? Where's the beef? Where's the substance? Where's the where's the substance to this to the wrongdoing? I I thought this was supposed right. to be about uh, Donald Trump conspiring to right. hack Hillary's computer. Uh, guess what? Right. The number one piece of physical evidence should be. Hillary Clinton's computer, <laughs> by the way, it's been scrubbed how many times it's been destroyed. I don't know the answer to that question. But if they really thought that Donald Trump was part of, of hacking it, they should that, that computer ought to be there front and center in front of America and let the experts show how Donald Trump or his friends hacked the computer. They, can't, they don't want to do that. They can't say that. They know it's a lie. Mm. So they we they've forgotten about the piece of evidence, the alleged murder weapon. Isn't that amazing? Maybe he didn't commit the crime. If you bury the, the the alleged murder weapon, maybe you don't have a good case. Maybe it's a the whole thing is a fraud. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm sick and tired of it. And you know he's a bully. And you know I even noticed a mainstream media article, of print media, in the last day or two, where uh, some people in the print media were saying. Well, you know, this charge against Roger Stone, it's kind of like everything else. Everything has been a process or collateral crime. No uh, acts, criminal acts taken to Hillary's computer. Basically what we've got is... Uh, some people gossiping with a Russian lawyer about Hillary Clinton. If they throw everybody into jail in America that gossips about Hillary Clinton, we're going to have 250 million Americans in jail and not enough jailers to keep us behind bars.
1: <laughs> they, they, thank you, Senator. Very actually
13: well said.
11: I, uh, go ahead, Will.
13: You know, I actually went out there and looked for the WikiLeaks emails myself. I can say that on the record. How many people didn't look for the WikiLeaks email? <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. I know, right? Uh jo- Josh Josh the legendary Josh Halavate. Let's go to you, buddy.
5: Dang, I got the legendary tag now. Moving up in the world.
1: Uh, you know, the oh, conversation yeah. has been
5: extremely interesting. You know, here the the thing that really just grinds my gears is the fact that CNN had set up an hour before they went yep. and Supposedly surprise rated uh, Stone's house. Like, well, I, I don't, I don't understand how that's. I mean, it's it's so it's such blatant BS. The you know of what the FBI is telling us. Like, are we ever going to get an answer to what on earth happened there? Like, that's just it's 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 such fail to pay attention to detail by the FBI, I mean, it makes them, not only is it absolutely unacceptable that that would have either had been leaked, had been told to CNN, had whatever, however they got the information, but also that it's unacceptable that they would allow something like that, that the attention of detail, you know, they basically gave it no thought whatsoever if it happened accidentally, and if it happened on purpose, it's, it's absolutely inexcusable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valerie.
6: Yeah, actually, I have a question for um, your panel because I haven't been following this AG, this new guy, very much. But it seems to me that he's connected to Mueller and that he is good buzz with him. So I don't even understand why we're going down the same route again twice.
12: Are you talking yeah, let about me, Bill um, Barr or are you talking about on or? Yeah, Bill Barr. Yeah, yeah, let me let me add, Bill Barr does know uh Mueller, uh and I think they, they are even friends, but um, from what I know of Bill Barr, uh, you you may recall he was attorney general for a little over a year, I think, during the first George Bush administration. He's he's finally, I think, the right guy to get in there. Uh, Look, as as much as I support virtually everything President Trump does, I think he's made a couple of bad appointments uh, putting people in place. One, I think Jeff Sessions as attorney general, I think really clobbered him because Sessions really uh, stepped out of being attorney general and let Rosenstein take over and his uh, motives were uh, not necessarily in the best interest of the, 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 the country. Of the, they,
11: this is the biggest constitutional fight of the century, and he did a stand-down. Excuse me for the interruption. I'm sorry. Go
12: ahead. Uh, Bill Barr did what? I'm I'm sorry I didn't catch that.
11: Well, this is John Milkovich. I'm just saying that yeah. you're right. Jeff Sessions stood down oh, in wait. the middle of the biggest constitutional uh confrontation
12: of, of this century potentially yeah horrible i agree then uh comey had to go there's no doubt about it we got rid of him and trump i thought was going to put in somebody who would <clears throat> run the fbi the way it's supposed to and everybody spoke very highly of charlie ray but so far um i don't think he's doing such a good job either uh he the, the the FBI is the one that did the the raid all 27 of the people were FBI people that did the raid on on stone uh so ray had to okay this um and uh, you know any kind You're of out. a uh legitimate uh, FBI director would have never uh, okayed something like this as as was as john i think just mentioned uh look all they had to do was really uh, uh call Stone's attorney and say bring him in he'll come in tomorrow morning and that was the end of it but they, they hey, staged you know what, this you thing you know
7: what I asked
1: myself oh, who was talking sorry
12: no, go, ahead. go ahead I was just going to no, say I, I they just... staged this whole thing and then they tipped off CNN so they can get it on, on TV which is also horrible and Charlie Ray had to know about that too so he put somebody in charge of the FBI it looks like um, who's not going in there and cleaning things up Bill you know, Barr and you know, is a pretty yeah, great you know what guy. I ask
1: my, you know what I ask myself every single day? Well, not every single day I don't ask myself this, but I ask myself this quite a bit. And I'm sure a lot of people on the line and a lot of people listening, like we're listened to in 21 different countries. So people that are listening, I'm sure you guys have – this has crossed your mind. We all know that President Trump obviously self-funded his campaign. He's not controlled. You know, he doesn't have people telling him what to do like all these other presidents have. But at the same time, am I am – I, please tell me just so, just, to, just so I can be, you know, just so I don't feel insane or anything, that he doesn't have total control over some of the people that are appointed. Do you think he is heavily influenced in the wrong way? on some of these appointments, I mean, or controlled, like we looked, I mean, obviously Kushner is family, but he's a globalist, but I mean, that's just one of many examples. Look at the Gary Coney got rid of, I mean, that was a terrible hire in the first place. Some of these hires don't make any sense to me. What, what are your thoughts on that Dr. Bustler? I mean, do you think uh, the, this yeah. isn't ultimately Trump's uh, choice at some, sometimes?
12: Well, I, you know, uh, President Trump is not a politician. He's a business person. So I can understand the way business people's minds operate. He gets into into office. He has a huge organization to, to build. Uh, because he's not a politician, he doesn't know who the insiders are and who the outsiders are. So he has to rely on uh, expertise, and he gets the expertise from other members of, of his party. Um, And I believe the members of his party uh, suggested who they thought were pretty good people, but, uh, and president Trump relied on their recommendations. Uh, It turns out that they're just not doing what they're supposed to do. Remember being president of the United States, you're building a tremendous organization. Most times you have somebody who's a politician and knows everybody in the party, knows how things work, knows how these organizations are built. President Trump is a business person. So he had to come in, not really knowing all the Washington insiders, rely on people to give him uh, advice. And what's going to happen with the the hundreds of uh, key positions that he's placing is you're going to get a couple people that uh, are not quite right. Now, a a politician would probably uh, keep most of them there for a while. President Trump replaces as quickly as he can. Um, Now, uh, trying to replace Sessions was very tricky because of the whole Set up and sessions, hey. recusing himself. Um,
7: yeah. but he
12: replaces where needed and he's going to bring good people in. Um, as I said, I s- still think, uh, with, uh, Charlie Ray, he just didn't bring in the right guy at the FBI. From what I know of Bill Barr, go back to what Valerie was uh, asking about, From what I know of, of him, he's a, a, a tough, uh, guy, uh, and he's going to play by principles and not politics. Um, So I'm a little more optimistic um, now about what the attorney general's function will be uh, now that Bill Barr is here and Jeff Sessions is out. Remember, the the attorney general is supposed to be the president's lawyer, essentially. I mean, he's the head of the Justice Department. But look, Eric Holder had uh, uh, Barack Obama's back no matter what happened. And Trump never had that in Jeff Sessions.
1: Right, and Eric Holder got away with so many things, including the Fast and the Furious. Let's not forget that. I mean, it goes on and on. But, you know, I, I, I want to go to you, Will. I want to go to you, Will. But um, before I go to Will, uh, Dr. Bussler, I do have a thought on what you just said. You yeah. know, I, 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 and I, and this, I think, happens with – a lot of the politicians and a lot of people that go to Washington. I think there are a good amount of people that go into politics for the right reasons, but I also think once once there's money right in front of their eyes, a bunch of it, uh, it changes them. And I think Bill Barr uh, could be one of those people. Uh, especially if he's buddies with Mueller, which kind of concerns me. But, you know, I don't want to make any sort of assumptions. I, we have to wait to see how it plays out. But the fact that Jeff Sessions was so conservative when he was a senator for all these years and then he goes and becomes attorney general and he's a big pussy, uh, he was controlled <laughs> by the deep state. They had to, they had to have a to money in his pocket.
7: Now. Let's be careful with our
11: language.
1: <laughs> um, uh, Will, go ahead.
13: In 2020. Will.
1: You there? Will?
13: Can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. You Will, me go now? ahead. Okay. Yep. So, my thing is, is where are we going to be in 2020? I mean, where does this end? I mean, we're on here talking on your show right now about the corruption that's going on as if we're all not aware to it. We We've see been it talking about it for two in our years. Face. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it. So what's going to happen in 2020? Because personally, the Democrats stole the midterm election by doing all the voter fraud stuff that they were doing. So come 2020, how is Trump going to be reelected?
1: Right? I mean, well –
13: Well, well.
7: – <laughs>
1: I, Will, Will, wait, 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 wait. Will, you have second thoughts?
13: You you don't think he's a guarantee? You know what? As far as the right thing for this country, he would be a guarantee. But what the Democrats have been doing, we're seeing it. The FBI, come on, is working directly with CNN, the liberal media outlet that wants to take the president of the United States out I mean, we can't right. even trust our own law yeah. agencies in this country. Where are You're we right. going to right. be when 2020 right. comes? Because if, they, if they're if they willing right. to go this far and throw it in our right. face,
7: right. and we
13: just sit by here and we're sitting there talking about it, what's going to right. happen in 2020? It's going to be <gasps> horrible.
1: And, and you, bring up, you bring up a great point. Great point. And, and thinking about what happened before 2016, before he was elected, and how hostile – and angry and malicious and aggressive they were with trying to put out whatever dirt they could to uh, sabotage him getting elected, uh, it didn't work for him, So they're obviously going to extra measures at this point to try to really mess with Trump's life. I mean, they do not want him in there. And, you know, I, I keep hearing people on the left saying, it's Mueller time, it's Mueller time. And, and I say to myself constantly— if they really had something on Trump, it would have been out before he got elected. I mean, you know, they, the last person they wanted in office was an outsider, billionaire businessman that loved his country and that was going to expose all the corruption. So I I exactly. really think I really think You're right. there That's is good, something Rory. That's good, Rory. Here here here's my here's my worry though. is that the Democrats have some sort of sneaky tri- tricks up their sleeves, which are overly dirty, unethical. We just saw 100,000 illegal voters in Texas that was discovered. Um, and, and just these sort of tactics that they have. I, I don't like it. And, uh, you know, just, just bringing up this random thought, and I, and I saw it in an article today, but when the Democrats said that Beto, Mr. Beto out of Texas, Uh, O'Rourke almost beat Ted Cruz, Uh, that's because Beto had so many illegals voting for him. Ted Cruz beat Beto by double digits if you really look in reality. But obviously the news showed you that Ted Cruz only won by single digits. But the only reason it was single digits is because illegals were voting for Beto. It's the same sort of thing where I live in Arizona – Kristen Cinema, the bisexual atheist, should have never been elected to the Senate in the red state of Arizona. It makes absolutely no sense at all. I'm happy McSally was appointed, but, uh, you know, after John Kyle uh, stepped down from John McCain's seat. But, you know, just going back to this whole thing, I mean, there is voter fraud in all of these – in a lot of these states, especially the ones that uh, border Mexico. I mean Arizona, Texas, They're going to end up turning
13: – yeah, they're going to end up turning Texas blue for the very thing that you just said. And when it happens, people are going to like, well, it's just the times are different, the times have changed, when we know for a fact that that's not the case. The same thing here in the state of California. They, I mean, the voter fraud ran rampant, and people were like, this county that I'm living in has never been blue, and all of a sudden it went blue? How? Right. Right. Well,
1: well, I can, I can, uh, I can, appro- I can definitely confirm something. Um, everybody knows Newport Beach, California, uh, one of the nicest places places in the country. Uh, my my sister lives there with her husband, and uh, I also know uh, politicians in that area, as well as uh, a very popular radio show host. Um, and here's the thing: there was so much voter fraud in that area which is the reason it turned blue. Cause if you look at places like Newport beach, Huntington, Laguna, it's all conservative. So the fact that it went blue, uh, it, it, there's no, in no sane fashion could that have happened. This was totally voter fraud, 100%. And that's what we're seeing all across the country. Will.
13: Yes, exactly. So that brings me back to my point of 2020. What's yes. going to happen? I mean, cause be honest with you, uh, Trump is the best – Trump will be the last president this country will have, the last decent president. Let me say it that way. Yep. Trump will be the last decent president this country will ever have if the Democrats yep. are successful in removing him because yep. they're going to – whatever president they put in their next, they're going to aggressively push to remove mm-hmm. the electoral college. People say it can't be done. Oh yeah, but they're gonna. Can you imagine
1: everybody listening? Can you imagine if we went by the popular vote, we'd have all the liberals in California and New York basically deciding our elections. Yeah.
7: I mean, it,
1: yeah. You know it's that's disgraceful. Why,
12: you know that's why the electoral college was set up the way it was. Right. Uh, so that the yeah. uh, heavy population centers. Uh, they turn out to be on the two coasts and uh I guess Texas and florida okay. illinois um so the the uh it wouldn't be that the heavy population centers uh control the elections uh it would be that the states have rights and it would have to be a majority of the electoral college you know it's the same kind of logic uh I, I know the Democrats now they're talking about doing away with the electoral college because <laughs> they know right. uh, they have a better chance with the popular vote right but um right. You, you know the the senate the u s Senate operates like that too you you can have an instance yeah. w- where uh, uh, seventy senators uh vote for something and it and it passes obviously seventy to thirty, but it doesn't represent a majority of the people. if the fifteen largest states you have the, the two senators from the 15 largest states vote against something that could that will be a majority, but yet there are only 30 senators out of 100, so they end up losing. Now, they set that up on purpose like that so that uh, they would honor states' rights, that even the states with smaller populations would have sovereignty as a state and would have rights as a state. So they set up the Senate like that. Uh, Now, the House of Representatives is set up more based on population, so Democrats would like that. Um, But that's the whole idea of the Electoral uh, College, and there's no way that uh, we even should be talking about uh, doing away with the Electoral College. But the Democrats, um, you know, Will mentioned he's a little worried about what happens in 2020, and I certainly understand his his points with voter fraud. Um, It's somewhat a question of uh, who ends up, of I think there are 30 uh, uh, announced or uh, discussed. Oh, over, uh, being, yeah,
1: over, 30 de- over 30 Democrats running. running. It's a total clown show. Running. And I, like yeah, I, I don't know who's going to well, end up winning. Whoever has the most anti-Trump rhetoric will get the Democrat nominee. Uh, sorry, Buster. Yeah, that'll,
12: pro- that'll be probably somebody with uh, far less uh, views. I mean, already they're talking about a, a 70% maximum uh, income tax rate. They're now talking about taxing uh, wealth. Um, they're talking about uh, uh, Medicare <laughs> for all. They're talking about a free community college for everybody. So they're talking about a lot of very socialistic views. Now, if one of those thirty people uh, end up getting the nomination and has those very liberal views, um, history indicates those kind of candidates. Don't do very well You look at uh, George McGovern uh, Walter Mondale uh, Mike Dukakis They all did very poorly uh, With that very left agenda I don't think times have changed that much
13: uh, That the country as a whole
12: Really wants that
13: If I can chime in I would have to kind of slightly disagree with you Just a little bit I mean I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that you're wrong But I would slightly disagree And the reason why I say that Because the left they're they're excited they're rallying behind crazy people like Alexandra Cortez. So yeah, Micasso Cortez. So the the craziness of the left is like at an all time high, and it's getting higher, which I can't believe. But Crazy Kamala Harris is Hillary Clinton 2.0, oh, my opinion. She had 26,000 crazy people show up for her thing. Let me chip,
1: in here. Let me her chip in here real quick. Will, I want you to continue, but let me chip in here real quick about her. Uh, Before I forget to mention this, the liberal media has stayed silent and crickets about her affair with Willie Brown, who was the mayor of San Francisco many years ago, and he was over 30 years older than Camilla. And Camilla slept her way to the top, and Willie Brown gave her a bunch of jobs to give her her start. And, you know, this woman wants to talk about empowerment and women's rights. Oh yeah, that's so great. Oh yeah, that that's so empowering. Such such a role model. I mean, so yeah, sleep your way to the top just like another Yeah. Morse. I mean, it, it, literally, yeah, but, you know, but keep going though. Well, sorry. They're okay, oh, but and see, to they're mention, okay with to it. Oh, not mention, Kamala Harris was not born in this country. Let's not forget that. We're going we're dealing with Hussein Osama 2.0. Go ahead.
13: Yeah, <laughs> and Hillary Clinton 2.0. She has CNN, MSNBC, the entire liberal media machine pushing her right now they're in t- the, she's getting so much free advertisement they were complaining about trump getting it but all his advertising was negative but the, so they're pushing her the same way that they push hillary Clinton. and she
1: got a million dollars in donations within 24 hours from liberals
13: it's crazy
1: you know continue you know, continue though i'm just saying this is cra- you know you're right though
12: you know, if, yeah, well, if I could just say uh, to to Will, and everything he says makes a lot of sense. Uh, certainly, it appears from what we see in the in the media uh, that uh, the this leftist view, the socialist view, is gaining a lot of steam, and it is. But it's only gaining steam along um, with the people who live on the two coasts and in some of the population centers. Uh, you go to the rest of middle America And <laughs> this is not gaining steam At all with 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 them um, right. um, Those right. are people that uh, Have much more conservative views Those are people that right. um, When they want something They understand they have to go out and earn it uh, They don't expect <laughs> to be given uh, Something for free So even if uh, the left gains A lot of steam Which as Will uh, I think correctly points out They, they are uh, It will only gain steam with that very liberal uh, class uh, and if you look At the rest of America remember you have to Win that electoral college you look At the rest of right. America I don't think This is going to play very well at, at all um, I well, know Reagan like I think the the big 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 when he big 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 ran the big 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 second big time he Won 49 yeah. out of 50 states uh, and, and, and I think uh, and only Mondale what? Won his own state
1: Yeah one, you're yeah. absolutely right Dr. Bussler Mondale only won one state Reagan won 49 And you know there there's So many people I know want to comment on this, and we are in a time frame, so I want to I get everybody's comments, but while we're talking about Democratic nominees and Camilla Harris and her corruption, uh, we might as well talk about uh, something you know positive uh, of somebody running, which is Howard Schultz. He's running as an independent, which is going to help Trump, and the Democrats are begging Howard Schultz not to run as an independent because they know it's going to secure another Trump victory. Um, and then here's, here's a heckler over the weekend uh, saying, saying stuff to Howard Schultz, and, it, and it's so funny. Listen to this.
0: Uh, Go back to Davos with the other billionaire elite who think they know how to run the world.
8: That's not what democracy the is. <laughs> We're going to get to that idea. <laughs> <laughs>
7: In
0: okay,
1: so Howard Schultz is running as an independent. He, he thinks that, you know, he's been a Democrat his whole life. He's been a far leftist. And, and he thinks that he can make some sort of difference. Sure, he may get, uh, you know, some votes. But it's only going to help Trump. It's not going to help the left, which is why oh, there's been multiple Democrats already uh, begging him not to run. But Schultz is still going to do it. And you know what? Uh, even though I like this because it helps Trump, I think Howard Schultz is the biggest scumbag on the face of the earth. He sold <laughs> out our Seattle Sonics. They, because I'm from Seattle. Everybody that knows me personally knows I'm from Seattle. Um, and I moved down to Arizona about eight years ago, but uh, he gave away our team in, in, such, a, in, such, a, uh, in uh, such a dirty and scummy way, and they moved to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City Thunder, but they used to be the Seattle Sonics. But just him as a businessman and people that have known him, I've just heard he's a, a shitty person, not a, not a, a kind uh, individual. Uh, so obviously – He's doing this independent run uh, for his own, uh, y- you know, uh, his, own, his own agenda. Because uh, he's a billionaire businessman. He started Starbucks. He knows he's not going to win. He, I mean, deep down, if you really want to do the math and the, and the research and, and write everything down uh, and add it all up, this, this helps Trump. And even every commentator tells that. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on this, Dr. Buffer? You're the economist.
12: Yeah, so um, in spite of um, what you say about uh, Schultz personally, and I, I don't know anything about him, it sounds like he's not a very good person, but in in spite of that, I think he may actually be on to something here. Um, typically, as, as you're correct, Rory, independents um, tip the election, Um Ross Perot did it. Um, George Bush lost in 92, mostly because of uh, Ross, Ross Perot. Um, most other third-party candidates haven't done nearly as well. However, we're in very difficult, uh, very different times now where the two political parties, uh, at least Schultz's view, the uh, Democrats have moved so far to the, the left. There's a big chunk of Democrats that really don't want to go that far to the left. And Schultz believes that the Republican Party is behind Trump, but he believes there's a big chunk of Republicans that really don't support Trump. And I don't know whether that's right or not, but that's what he he believes. And he figures, you know, if I can get a a big chunk of the Democrats and a big chunk of the Republicans, um, you know, I only need more than maybe one third of the votes and I could end up winning here. So um, I think that's what he thinks. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that's what he thinks.
1: Let's not forget, though, Dr. Bussler, I mean, the way Howard Schultz does business and his political ideology, it's been so far left pretty much his entire yeah. life. I mean, the fact that he's coming to the whole moderate level now kind of shocks me a little bit. And the way he treats his employees is very similar to the way Jeff Bezos at Amazon treats his employees, very greedy, uh, you know, very uh, hypocritical. Uh, with what he says he believes in and then he does the opposite. Um, You know, the way he is now apologizing to the city of Seattle 10 years later after he maliciously knew that he was uh, giving our basketball team away to another market, another city, when there was so much history in my hometown. You know, there's so many things that this guy is such a phony. uh, But uh, even how, even Donald Trump called him out the other day, um, the tweet was hilarious, saying uh, Howard uh, Howard Schultz doesn't have the guts to run for president. Uh, blah blah blah. All I hope is he's still paying his rent in my Trump Tower building. It was just hysterical. <laughs> it was a hilarious tweet. He, Trump has the best personality, but but Howard Schultz, you know, I you're right, you're right, Doctor Bustler. Obviously, he's finding some sort of niche with the independent. But he's not going to get nearly as many votes as Ross Perot did. Um, you know, he may make some sort of, you know, headlines and, and it, could, it could go on his resume. But it, it, in the long run, you agree as an economist that this helps Trump, right?
12: Uh, yes, it, it, it does. I mean, uh, Schultz is, is basically, as you say, a, a Democrat. He just says that uh, he's not as far left as the uh yeah. Leaders seem to be pulling the Democratic Party, and right. he thinks there's room for right. um, an independent. Um, as I said, I, I don't agree with him necessarily, but I think that's how he sees things, and he figures he, he has a yeah. shot. You know, there, there there may be some others. I think uh, Bloomberg is talking about it. Um, he says he could run as a probably as a Democrat, but he's a little more to the independent side him, him, himself. Um, you have to see how all this stuff plays out. You know, we're still, uh, uh, you know, uh, a year and ten months away from the election, uh, and a lot. That's a, a year and ten months in politics is uh, lifetimes. Uh, so a lot right. of things can 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 happen. But um, you're right, though. If Schultz uh, gets into the the race, it's definitely going to help Trump. Uh, so we should encourage him to run.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let let's go to Josh. Yeah, you know, I
5: was actually watching a video uh, of a from a Democratic YouTuber or a Democrat YouTuber today talking about uh, who is going to be running most likely uh, in twenty twenty for the Democrats and then who shouldn't run. Um, I think one of the names that he that that YouTuber brought up, and I think a lot of Democrats are bringing up, and you already brought him up earlier in the show, Rory, is Beto. Now the funny thing about that is they're going to Poor them. Bernie
1: because now they're, Bernie says he's well, running, but who knows. Well the thing
5: with the thing with Beto is he he encapsulates, he encapsulates p- two parts of the left. He is very much in the uh, Hillary bandwagon of um, the way he presents himself and, and his establishment in that way, but he also believes in the Bernie way of thinking of socialism and that you know extreme Keynesian. Uh, economics to say it you know extremely nice, um, so he fits two narratives that Bernie really only fits the socialism card, and someone like Joe Biden really only fits the establishment Hillary card. so he you know he slides in on kind of two points as well as you know he's he's, young, he's younger he's not you know he doesn't look like yes. he's going to die tomorrow like Hillary <laughs> and Bernie do um, so he, he. I think he's really in play to be the Democrat nominee now the fact the, the, I mean the depressing part about that is the guy lost a Senate election and now he's going to run for president
7: like right, uh, right. And here,
5: uh, I, you know and here's what,
1: good luck <laughs> yeah and here, here's what you know here's what kind of you know makes me wonder is that If you really look at the Democratic platform, what do they have to run on? All it is is left-leaning communism. Uh, There was a new poll out just yesterday or the day before from the Wall Street Journal slash NBC, and we know how biased and liberal NBC is, and 51% 51 of Americans in an NBC poll approve of Trump's economy. So what does that tell you? If it's an NBC poll, that's about as liberal as it gets. So I'm just going to give an extra 10 or 15 points and say 60 or or 65 percent approve of Trump's economy, or I'll even go as high as 70 percent. Well, you know, Rory, I can tell you –
5: I can tell you real quick what the Democrats are planning – yeah, I'll tell you what they're planning on running in 2020. What they're going to run on? They're going to run on race taxes. They're going to run on abortion. They're,
2: they're going to run
5: on well. They're going to run on uh, inclusion over facts, and they're going to run on um, you know Trump hate. Uh, they, re- I mean, yep. that's pretty much it. It's this. I mean, some of the things Let's... are the same that they've ran on for a
1: long time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Will, what are your thoughts on this, buddy? I don't really have any right now.
13: Sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay. John Milkovich, I want your thoughts, buddy.
11: Well, listen, you guys are covering a lot of ground, doing a great job. I don't want to interrupt. I would, and I appreciate the analysis that everybody's kind of working together to formulate. One area of qualification because um, I think we've – it's been said tonight that, look, the coasts may be uh, going, in, going towards – there's strong leftist tendencies on the right and left coasts. We get that. Um, yeah. One thing that we cannot count out, there is a generation gap yeah. in world political view. Um, there Great. is a different perspective between our generation – and the degeneration right. of our children and grandchildren. They've number one. They've been. Uh, they've gone to colleges with a lot of professors that uh, favor socialism, atheism, abortion, mm-hmm. uh, and believe mm-hmm. that evolution created man. And
4: this right.
7: is
11: getting a little bit political and edgy, but I'm going to say because it, it's true. Common Core, right. came, didn't come from Washington or New York. It came from the United Nations. A guy named Robert, not Mueller, but Robert Mueller uh, from the United Nations. Right. Uh, Common Core is designed to inculcate socialism, abortion, and the replacement of family and God with government. I said all that to say this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our perspectives, our American perspectives, are under attack by our educational system. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that President Trump wins next time. But I think one of the yeah. biggest factors that we need to take a look at, uh, Professor Bustler yeah. and Josh and, and Will, it's that the the Grand Canyon chasm, side chasm, between the uh, world political perspective of our generation and the next. Um, right. They're just – they're seeing a different world. They're seeing the world in a different way.
1: Right. Yeah, very, very well said. You know, we're going to yeah. go to a short 30-second uh, commercial break. right when we come back, we're going to talk about the Vegas uh, shooting. Uh, FBI said they concluded uh, the investigation today and said there was no motive. I call bullshit, and I got a lot to discuss on this. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else, and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation, and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sauter from The Rory Soder Show. Alrighty, we are back. Um, so let, so today, obviously, uh, there was a report uh, regarding the whole Vegas scenario. Before I get into that, if I can get, you know, so, there's a few people on the line that didn't, uh, you know, get, get to give their answers earlier in the show when I first brought this up on the main uh, headline topic, but... Will, I want to go to you and and see if you can say this in 30 seconds. You know, Trump did not cave, And, and I said that at the beginning of the show. What I said was Trump is giving Congress three weeks to basically prove like he knows that they can't get anything done, they won't come to any sort of an agreement, he will make a fool out of them, and he will either shut the government down again, and he won't open it back up till a wall is on the table, or he'll declare a state of emergency. Will go ahead. Your thoughts?
13: Did say that he's going to do an emergency. Uh, I guess. I guess it would be kind of like a emergency <clears throat> executive order. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but he said if they don't come to the table and negotiate a yep. wall, that he's going to take it right. in his own hands to protect the American yep. people. I don't understand yep. how the Democrats can believe that people are going to sit by and just watch them not allow the president to do everything he can possible to protect us. And you know one thing that really stood out to me? President Trump said that drones and having patrol uh, men and women on the border will not stop 5, 7, and 12,000 people rushing the border at the same time. There's no way. You have to have a physical barrier. And the the Democrats know that. And they keep saying that, you know what? What was really crazy to me is I I saw a uh, clip on CNN where they were talking about even El Chapo. What did
1: he cave on? He only gave them three weeks to make a deal, and he's taking it into his own
13: hands. What I was saying is CNN even said that Al Chapo said that they only bring stuff in through port of entry. So now El Chapo is credible? I mean, so, of course, <laughs> El Campo yeah. will be saying that because he doesn't want anyone to really. believe that they're taking it where they are taking it. You know, he didn't. Right. Make, I mean, so, I, personally, yeah. I think what he did, he, he did this so people would know exactly right. how the Democrats right. and think. It, yeah,
1: and, he, and he's testing the Democrats to prove that they're, they're incompetent. I mean, he's exposing them. Uh, Dr. Bustler, 30 seconds on this, and then I want to get into the whole Vegas thing.
12: Um I tell you, I gave I gave what I said uh I'm going to pass on this.
1: Okay, uh, uh Senator Milkovich, uh can you do 30 seconds cuz I talked about this earlier in the show before you guys came on. But yep. Your thoughts in 30 seconds uh on this whole on this whole situation.
11: Well, is that the, are you talking about the Las Vegas shooting or the- no, yeah.
1: I, I'm talking about Trump reopening the government, and oh, uh, well, you listen, know the Democrats think I, I was, the Democrats think he's oh. going to cave, and you well, know listen, they they are trying to go ahead.
11: Yeah, you know my thought was he was ca- taking some flack from the right because he didn't go far enough and didn't hold on. Look, he's fought long and hard, and he's yep. felt there's been a lot of days when he has to have felt like he was fighting all by himself. So uh, you know, yeah. I think we need to give the person a little bit of slack. He is human, and uh, yeah. we got to understand that he needs our prayers and support. And you know, right. and he may have an end game. that, 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 that What's what your point? You're yeah. going to to that he's going to outsmart all of us. Uh, we thought we had the analysis, but you know, he was catching right. heat from the right. That was a concern for me because you know what? T- name me a recent president whose spot is hard for America as uh Donald Trump. I'll name two. Uh possibly Ronald Reagan, John Kennedy. But beyond those two, yep. in the last fifty years it's, it's kinda hard to to pick someone who's fought yeah. with as much passion as he has.
7: Bill yeah, no, Roy, authentic. let me say um
11: yeah,
12: Roy, I was just gonna say one thing but I, I know I said I was gonna pass for a minute, but uh, one one thing. Um with with Donald Trump he he's a results oriented person he looks at yep. winning wars, not necessarily winning each individual battle. Because of yep. the way things were were going, uh, he wasn't yep. winning the the battle. So he said, "Look, I'm going to do everything I can as a a, a, right. a someone who's trying to come up with a solution to a problem. I'll compromise. I'll I'll give uh, what the other side wants if they uh, promise to come and talk about it." So I'm going to give them their time. If at the end of the three weeks we haven't come up with something, he will get that wall built one way or another. Uh, so I, I still have confidence in him. I don't think he yeah. caved. I think he made a good yeah. decision. You, uh, let's move forward. And he's looking to win and the you're, war, you're not ab- necessarily win every battle. You're
9: absolutely Ro- right, You're
1: absolutely right, Doctor Bussler. I, I, said this. I said this early on, Doctor Bussler, The fact that he's on offense. You know, he has all the ultimate power. He's giving Congress three weeks because he wants to see if they can make a deal. He knows they can't. He's making them look foolish. And then he's going to have no choice but to take it in his own hands. And then that's not going to look good on the Democrats when they want something. As well as he opened this back up because he doesn't want federal workers to be held hostage and you had stuff going on at exactly. the airports where TSA wasn't doing their jobs uh, taken as seriously, and people were taking guns on the planes and stuff in the last couple of weeks. I mean, there was a bunch of different things going on that he needed to open this back up. And like he said, there's, not, there, there's nothing that he did that caved. He said, three weeks, temporarily, come up with a deal, or the government gets shut. Until you come up with a deal, and then I'll open it, or I'm declaring a state of emergency. So like you said, and like I said earlier in the show, either way, this wall gets built. We are on offense, and for the Democrats to celebrate, they're just ignorant slobs, and they, they're, they're like creatures from another universe. I mean, they, they, are, they are disgraceful. Um, Rory? Let,
11: let, let's get it. Yeah, go ahead. If I can make one point, this is Pam.
7: Let me add 15 um, seconds yeah. real quick. Yeah, go ahead.
13: How does what, how what? does how does President Trump benefit from the wall? How does he benefit? He's not going to make any money from the wall. Right. No one's no right. one's paying him. He's going to have secret service well, for the rest his biggest, of his life.
1: His so he's going to have security. So, so he's not gonna, gonna,
13: he doesn't need towards. the wall himself. He's doing the wall because it's for the American people. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, he's doing the, the, the wall
1: Democrats because he saying,
12: promised he would secure the border.
1: Yeah, and then the Democrats know once they give that to him, then they gave him his biggest uh, promise to his supporters. I mean, they know that they've been defeated. Uh, But Pam, go ahead. Out of Ohio, go ahead.
0: Thank you. Um, The one thing I think
11: we're not talking about is the elephant that's in the room, and that's the GOP. They had two years they could have given him this. We could not – we could be out of this position. They could have voted that in. So – Though the Democrats are being obstructive here, we can't let the Republicans, who are trying to act like they're supporting Trump right now, when in reality, they're the ones that screwed up and have put him in this position.
9: Very well well said.
11: And and I I could go into so
1: much detail about what you just said, Tim, and I'm glad you said it. Um, We do only have a few minutes left, though. I want everybody to stay on, but I want to talk about the last topic of the show which is the Vegas scenario today. Um, The FBI concluded that they found no motive, and I call complete bullshit because this guy did not act alone. There's no way. He had something that he was, you know, asked. There was something behind this. You look at his girlfriend, and they're questioning – I mean, they're, they're, they've been in her face. Uh, she might have some ties to ISIS. She, I know she's not from this country. Uh, so th- there's so many different things that are unanswered, and there's sealed documents like there are with 9-11 victims and situations that they won't open. And for the, fa- the fact that Las Vegas Hotel, MGM Grand, has all these cameras, As all this security, as all these people around, and this guy gets away with this? You're telling me this is not an inside job or some sort of terrorist act? I I just think our American government, this is another thing to cross off the list of what they're lying to us about. Because, I mean, you look at that guy's hotel room, you look at the after scenes of the photos, it looks like so many things were planted there and how perfectly it was The guns were, like, put on the floor. I mean, there's so many things that don't add up. But, uh, Will, I want to start with you.
13: Okay. you hear me?
0: Yeah. I think –
13: can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Personally, I think that the uh, FBI is trying to cover their tracks. Yep. That's just my personal opinion. I think the FBI got caught again – not doing the right thing, and there's some other stuff that's completely shady here that they don't want to let yep. out. You know, there was rumor yep. had it that there was a deal that the FBI was trying to do, to supposedly trying to catch somebody into something, but it went south, went sour on them. Right. So I think, right. I think personally, I think they're just trying to cover their track. Well, I said,
1: well, I said from day one, I thought this was a gun control sort of set up, orchestrated event uh you know by the democrats uh to to scare the the population and i think a lot of people are naive you know i'm not a big conspiracy theorist but i do know our government lies to us and i think so many people are naive and they don't think about uh certain things that are fixed and 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 set up set up but uh josh go ahead yeah
5: and in all honesty i I have a I have a non-opinion opinion on this. I really don't know enough, nor uh, it was never anything, this this issue was never anything that intrigued me for some reason. I, I understand that it's interesting to some people, but I I don't, I never get any sort of brain time to conspiracy theories or, you know, real theories or anything. It just doesn't not my, it doesn't butter my toast, so to speak. So I'll just pass on to the next person. Let,
1: let's go to Senator Milkovich.
11: Rory, this is a with this massive loss of life. Yes. um this, if I were the family right now, really I'd be livid. Demands our attention. It's this is huge. I mean, and I can't even. It's hard to conceive of the reality without being there or being there after the fact. Um, Basically, you've suggested a couple things, that the government hasn't told us the full truth. Well, did they tell us the whole truth about nine eleven? Did they tell us the whole truth about President Kennedy's murder? Did they tell us the whole truth about um, Penny, Pan Am? And I mean, and it, it, with my understanding, maybe, maybe some other members on the panel can help me with this, was – I recall that one or more witnesses that claimed that there was multiple shooters
13: met on time that. Yep. yep. They,
11: yeah, was I can that
1: confirm story? that. I That's... saw that report. There were the, – people said they saw multiple shooters, not just one. And if you look at the, the amount of time this guy he took uh, to shoot uh, these people, it was so quick, probably less than two minutes. Uh, Dr. Bustler, your thoughts?
12: You know, this goes back to what we were saying before, how we've lost faith in the FBI. Based on what the FBI has done, going back to the uh, whole Hillary Clinton fiasco, uh, what the FBI is allowing Robert uh, Mueller to do, um, what the FBI did under uh, James Comey and uh, Andrew McCabe. And I thought when we brought in Charlie Ray, we thought we were getting someone to clean things up. But again, it doesn't look like that's that's the case. Uh, Ray allowed what happened to uh, Roger Stone, and I agree with you, Rory, that th- there's something here that just doesn't smell right, um, and we're supposed oh, yeah. to have the FBI, the best investigative uh, force in the world, and they come up with this kind of answer. It just it just doesn't seem right here, and it's just another uh, uh, peg in the uh, uh, loss of faith that we have. For the FBI, which is terrible, we should have undaunted faith yep. in the FBI, and we certainly don't. And this makes it worse.
1: Absolutely, and we'll know we'll know more in the coming days. Uh, we'll definitely keep updated on this story. Um, we are out of time. Uh, I do want to, you know, thank uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Will, please tell everybody where they can find you.
13: UniteAmericaFirst.com. dot com. We have to unite America first.
1: Excellent. And, Will, you're a true patriot. Always appreciate yeah. having you on the show. I'll have you back on next week, buddy. And, uh, and we're going to start uh, – I'm going to get you on my new network, too, the new network I'm starting. Sounds
12: good.
1: Take care. All right, buddy. Uh, Dr. Bussler, tell everybody where they can find you.
12: So my Twitter feed is at Bustler. That's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. And on Facebook yep. – uh, you can search Funding Democracy, com forward slash Funding Democracy to everything I write there. My pleasure
7: to be excellent. here, Rory. And,
1: excellent. And we'll be getting you a part uh, of the new network as well, uh, my new network. is Terrific. great. Um, and uh, I look forward to having you back on the show next week, Dr. Bus. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Joe, Senator Milkovich,
11: tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, Rory. Um, Robert Mueller errand boy.com is the uh, website of our, for our book, Robert Mueller errand boy, Rory. Great show. You really uh, confront some uh, very vital issues head on. Uh, Great work. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much.
2: Thank
1: you. We'll have you back uh, either this week, uh, uh, later this week or early next week. Thank you. Uh, Josh, go ahead.
5: Yeah, give me a follow on Instagram if you would at j o s h h l a v the Victor a t y. Appreciate it, Roy.
1: Always a pleasure, Josh. God bless you. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show tonight. It's been an honor being with all of you. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow. And remember, you can find us on over fifty different platforms online. We are downloadable and listened to now in twenty-one different countries. I want to thank all my guests, all my co-hosts. All my sponsors and uh, my amazing audience, Uh, you guys are all amazing. And uh, visit our brand-new media site as well, thenexnexgenusa.com. God bless you all, uh, and I will see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers.